0: Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us in our learning today and our teaching today as we study the Word of God. I want to give you a couple of ways to reach out to us if you so choose. First, by, by written uh, letter at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or by email at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, PastorEric523. At gmail.com. Today we're going to start a new teaching and we're going to uh, study the life of Moses and uh, one of the great characters in the, Old, in the uh, Old Testament and we are thankful for the life of Moses and what God gave him that he gave to the church in the Old Testament which was the scripture says these things were for us and so we're going to start out today in the book of Romans and let's get started in Romans the 15th chapter and the fourth verse, uh, hopefully a, a familiar scripture to many of you, but it talks about the scripture and when it was written and why it was written, why we have the old and why the old Testament still is relevant because it has messages for us that we can glean things. And what I mean by glean, we can take the things that we see the light that God has shined back into the old Testament for we see it clearer now. So in Romans 15, four, it says, uh, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, that means before, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And what the Lord is saying is that we can see God. We can see how God dealt with them. He dealt with them. uh, And Moses, uh, beginning of his life, was before the law. And of course, the scripture says in the book of John that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. But to get to, to, for Moses to get to that place in his life, he had to have faith. And we know that Abraham was declared righteousness, right, righteous because of his faith. And it required Moses having faith in the God that he had heard about, the God that revealed himself to him. And we're going to scu- study these things uh, over the next few days, uh, next th- few lessons, and see how God used him, how that Moses came from um, uh, a child. And he was chosen early, he and just like many of us, I think that so many uh, have devalued life. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture before we go to uh, the book of Exodus. And this is Jeremiah, and I've read read it before, but I feel I think it's as pertinent. It's good for us to read this today. So the book of Jeremiah, I'm going to go to the fifth chapter. I'm going to start around the fourth verse, and this is the Lord talking to Jeremiah, and just. Uh, and just speaking to him, I'm sorry, Jeremiah one and, and uh, four, talking to him about who he was and the plan that God had for him. And we're gonna see this manifest in the life of Moses. So reading, we know that Jeremiah was before Moses, but again, it gives us a light as how God has forechosen us. He has foreknown us. He has has designed for our life. And in the book of Jeremiah, first chapter. Fourth verse it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, and just Jeremiah speaking, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you, I knew thee. And before thou came out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So God is telling uh, Jeremiah that I had a plan before you came. I put this in you, I sanctified you, and that sanctified means set aside. This is your purpose. And we know Jeremiah had a, had a choice. He had a choice whether to follow this uh, this urging that God was giving him and this calling which the Lord has, is, is telling him who he is. And if you want to know who you are, go to the scriptures. Though you may not find your name there, but you can find God. If you, you can find your calling. You can find your purpose. You can find out what God desires for you to do because the Bible has an answer for everything, every problem, every situation that you come to. When If you will go to the word and let the spirit of God speak to you, let the word of God speak to you, you will get a, a direction in what you should do. So the Lord went on to tell him, he said, um, he, he calls him in the fifth verse. He says in the sixth verse, then Jeremiah said, I. he said, our Lord, behold, I cannot speak. For I am a child. Jeremiah immediately disqualified himself. He said, "My age, I'm, I'm too young." And think about how many times we dis, we discount ourselves. Either we don't know enough, we're not uh, 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 our stature, uh, our age, our uh, status in life. We we may not be, you know, we may not have degrees behind our name. We may not have a. Uh, 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 dress uh, the 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 attire that we want to have our speech may not be perfect we may not have perfect diction we may not have all of these things, but whom God calls he qualifies God will will call you and he will qualify you through life through the word through scriptures, through the elders, through examples. God will get you ready. Our job is to make ourselves available. God will do the training he will train you. If we will humble ourselves as Jeremiah will do. And it goes on, it says six verse again, then said, I, our Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child, but the Lord said, because God is the teacher. If God ever calls, whatever God is calling you for, whatever he has appointed you for, he knows what you have before he calls you. He knows your issues. He knows your shortcomings. He knows what you know and don't know. He knows that he's got to, not only has he prepared you for this moment, but he, has, he will prepare you for every moment hereafter if we will humble ourselves and allow him to do it. So the Lord said unto him, say not, I'm a child. the eighth verse, uh, seventh verse, brother. For thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, you will speak. He says, be not afraid of their faces. So many times we allow the the, the opportunities. We pray for opportunities. We pray for raises. We pray for promotion. We pray for uh, things in life. And God puts the situation there. But most things are good, are wrapped in a problem. They're wrapped in a challenge. They're wrapped in a trial. They're wrapped in whatever you want. Because what we want, the enemy will he will build a wall and say no no you' got to go through me for this but no beloved he's already defeated he's already uh, been de- Jesus this, Jesus just said he came to destroy all the works of the devil everything that the enemy will put before you there God has prepared a way out of escape if it's a trial he has given and provisioned wisdom for us he said action shall be given Matthew 77. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone, verse 8 says, that asketh, receives. Ask God for the wisdom, which he says in James. He's, James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God will liberally give to you. Liberally means freely. If we will only ask and seek him. So as we, again, read the, 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 uh, I would call it the preamble of what we're talking about today. We're talking about the life of Moses and how that if we will learn from what the things Moses, the things he encountered, how he handled them. He didn't handle every problem right. And it's amazing how God, he takes uh, uh, characters in the, in the, in the Bible. He doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't cloak their errors. He doesn't cloak their failures. He doesn't hide them, but he puts them out there and he's showing us if I could use him, if I could use her, I can use you. We have a greater covenant than they do. So let's go on. Let's go. Let's go now to the book of uh, Exodus, and we're gonna start reading in the book of Exodus. This is Exodus one, and we're gonna start at uh, Exodus one, verse number six, verse Exodus one, one and six, and it says, "And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all of that generation. Now, now just start this out." Israel has, and I'm talking about Israel, I'm talking about all of the family of Joseph, and we uh, of Jacob, and we know that God changed his name to Israel. And all of them, when there was a family in the land, and we know that Joseph was promoted to the second ruler in Egypt, and the whole family, the whole clan moved down to Egypt. So here they are, and there came a time that we know he, he died, uh, uh, Israel or Jacob died, and the scripture in the sixth verse said, J- uh, Joseph and all of his brothers were dead. And now it says, and the two, seventh verse says, All the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. The uh the next verse. Uh, we're gonna this and the eighth verse says, and now there was the came up a new king of Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of, of Israel are more and minor than we. He, he said, come, let us uh, deal wise with them, for they multiply. He says, uh, they come to pass, that if there's a war, they'll join to our enemies and defeat us. So we're going to go down now to the 11th verse. And this is how Pharaoh said, we're going we're gonna to treat them. He said, this is how we're going to treat the people of God. Therefore, they just set over them taskmasters to afflict them with burdens. And he had them build cities. And the 12th verse says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they, and they were talking about the children of Israel and they were aggrieved, rather, it just was aggrieved because of the children of Israel because the blessing was on them. The same blessing that was on Israel at this time is on us today. That blessing that came through Abraham, the father of faith, the Bible says that he is a when God spoke to Abraham in, in Genesis 12, he told him, Surely multiplying, I will multiply thee. He says, Surely blessing, I'm gonna bless thee, brother. He says, I will cause you to be a blessing. And all the, the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through you. That's me paraphrasing. All the nations. Why? Because through Abraham jesus christ of nazareth was born that's the greatest gift the greatest present that god ever will and has given to men so let's go on now so we see now that uh we should go down to the 15th birth so the egyptians are tired they see israel multiplying growing increasing seemingly day by day they're uh uh, uh, flooding the land for lack of a better word and we're gonna go into the 15th and it says and now pharaoh they made him work hard they made them build cities. The 15th verse says, and now the, the, the king has a new remedy. He says, and the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives. Now, these are Egyptian women of which the name of the one was Shiphrah and the name of the other was Puh, P-U-A-H. And he says, when you become uh, my midwives, I'm paraphrasing, I'll am i paraphrase this to the uh, Hebrew women. He said, if it be a, a, a man child, kill him. If it be a daughter, let her live. But the 17th verse says, but the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but save the man child or the man child alive. And in these scriptures, as we read, Pharaoh is shown as the enemy of God or as Satan. He just, that's exactly what Satan is doing today. He's trying to make sure he kill as many children as he can. Because he knows there is a minor revival going on. Just think about all the presidents and and inventors and doctors and lawyers and mothers and fathers and artists and musicians that have have uh, have been aborted for the last 60 years now. Hundreds of thousands of millions of children. They're said now that in some cities there are more children aborted than there are born. But we can't sleep, church. We not only have to pray, not only do we have to speak, we have to be in action. I'm not talking about going and bombing and doing all those crazy things that people who don't know God, but we've got to get the word out. We've got to speak God's word and not only just speak it, but comfort those mothers, comfort those who are pregnant, comfort those who are with child and, you know, they're they distraught, they don't know what to do and they and tricks in between, should I... I bought this child so I have it. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. My, I don't have a place to stay. Uh, mama's put me out. Uh, our boyfriend, uh, husband don't want to support me. We have to be a blessing. And that's why God wants his people blessed so we can be a blessing. There are so many who are ignorantly speaking out against uh, the blessing, speaking out against uh, Christians prospering, speaking out against those who say, you know, that, that God wants... Has more for us than than what than the uh, the the, uh, the the future or the here or later. God wants us to be blessed in the here and now, because we can affect change not only with our voice, not only with our words, but we can affect change with money. Because money answers all problems. It'll solve them. Because if you got the money, then we can employ. Then we can build houses, so that and, and, and places, so that these women are feel as though they've been abandoned by whomever and by family, and, and are felt all by themselves. And whether them being coerced by those who choose not, and, and who who, make, who wants to make the choice for them, we can say, look, we can take care of you for the next year. We can make sure that your your uh, uh, if you don't have a place to stay, we make sure that baby is taken care of. We can make sure that that you, your health is fine, that you are fed, that the baby is, you know, give you, uh, uh, give you some childcare the first year. See, you got money, you can affect change. You can affect change. I don't know how I got on that, but I want to tell you that we as a people of God must do more than just stay in the prayer closet. You got to come out of the prayer closet and we've got to affect our neighborhood. We got to affect our family. We got to affect where our church is. We've got to be known as a beacon and say, look, there's more to life than just what's in these four walls. We need to affect change. And so that people will say, you know what? I know where there's help. I know where you can get some help. I know where you can get some food. I know where you can get a word. I know where you can, uh, where people, they're encouraging. There are people who will lift you up and so then and help you meet God. So that you can form your relationship with God and God will lead and guide you into all truth. And see, as we as we get back to this get back to the scriptures here again, we see where the enemy wanted to kill every man and Satan's after not only men, he's after our women, he's after all of us. The Bible Jesus said in, in John 10:10 10, 10, he said, "The thief cometh not but to steal." Kill and to destroy, but he said, "But I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly." And Moses was a type of Jesus, and we're going to read about him now as we move on in our lesson today. So uh, we go. We said the fifth step, the seventeenth verse says, "But the midwives fear God, did not the, did not as the as the king of, of Egypt commanded them, but saved the children's lives." And if you go on now, you'll read how it says that in the 20th verse, the Lord dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it says, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. God blessed them because they blessed the people of God. Because they feared God more than they feared the king. Because you know why? Because they saw what was on the uh, uh, Israeli women. They they saw what was on them. The blessing was on them. And see, when you know who you are and you know the blessing of God is on you, people will see it because the blessing is tangible. And one way the blessing is tangible is that you will exemplify God. You will be Jesus to them. You could be the one they call on and say, you know, I said some things about you, but I know you are praying, woman. I know you are praying, man. Would you pray for me? In my home situation, would you pray for me for my marriage? Would you just come and just pray for me with me about my, my sick child? Would you come and pray with me about uh what's going on in my home? See, that's the a part of the blessing that men see, as Jesus said, see your good works and they glorify God, which is in heaven. Because if you if the anointing is on you, if you're a believer, the anointing is there, the glory is there, the Holy Spirit is there, and if you allow Him to speak through you. The only thing you got to do is say, Lord, I make myself available. Speak through me today so that I can be that blessing. I can be the blessing that my friend, that my, 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 my uh, workmate, that my house, that my husband, that my wife can see, my children can see that there is a God in me and he wants to bless them. All right, let's go on. So we're going to go to now to uh, Exodus 2nd chapter and we're going to read how, uh, now. We're going to get into the life of Moses. So Exodus 2nd chapter and we're going to start reading about, right around the, uh, I think I said start around 2nd chapter, 1st verse. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard. Uh, Exodus 2 and 1. And there went a man out the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi and the woman conceived, in the second verse, and when she saw that he was a goodly, goodly child, she hid him three months. Now, remember now, the edict has went out: kill all the male Hebrew children. So, if she, if the child is seen, that means that it will be executed. It will be killed. It will be aborted, because the law has came from. Pharaoh. But this woman saying, you know what? I'm not just going to give up on the promise of God. You see, when you are desperate, when you are, and I, would, I, don't, I, don't, I want to, for lack of a better word, I would, like, I would say when you are looking for a miracle, and you know that you know, I need God. So most likely, she's seen other children uh, murdered. She's seen other, mo- heard other mothers crying. She's seen them burying their children because the child was seen by the Egyptian soldiers or whomever the executioner was. I'm just calling it whoever the executioner was. She saw it and she's heard of it, that their children are dying. And she's determined, God is on this child. I see something. So I'm going to preserve it for as much as I can. But when it came to a point that she could not hide the baby any longer, she had to make, she, that she came to a point was you know what, Lord, it's now or never. And she look. Listen, what she's led to do. Third verse, and when she could no longer hide him, she took him from a, took for him an ark of bulrushes, daubed it with slime and pitch, put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river. Now I want you just think about what just happened. Remember, I, I we read earlier. The first thing we read was in uh, Romans fifteen four, how the Old Testament is written. The things that are written aforetime are written for our learning. Moses, being the lawgiver, being a a child that his mother sees the anointing, and what does she do? She puts him in a wooden basket, and she hides him. And she floats him down the river. All right? And as we go on, it says his sister follows after him in the fourth verse. Fifth verse says, oh, look what's seen. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself. And the latter part of that, she saw, the 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 uh uh container. She saw it. She saw this this ark coming down, and the sixth verse says, and she opened it. She sent her maid and she opened it. She saw the towel and the child wept, and she had compassion on him. And look what God does. Seventh verse. Then Mary uh, uh Moses' sister came down. Miriam, she said, shall I go and call the Called thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee. And the woman said, go and get her. And when she whipped out, she whipped and brought Moses' own mother back. She said, take this child, I'm sorry. She said, take this child and nurse it for me. And I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. God made Pharaoh's sister pay for the upbringing of his child think about it. Now they're supposed to be killing them. But what God is doing, what he's doing with his deliverer, he puts them in the very household of Pharaoh and makes him pay for his uh, uh, upbringing. But if you notice again, I want to go back to where it says in the, this ark was made of wood. Now you think about what? what did? how did Jesus come? The Bible says over in Luke uh, the second chapter, it talks about how that the uh, shepherds were given a, 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 a uh, 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 body angel, said, look, that the babe is born. And if you go here in the seventh verse, well, this is what Mary did. She brought forth the, her firstborn son, wrapped him in swollen clothing, clothing, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him. You know what that manger was made out of? It was just a wooden trough. And see, there are things, there are dissimilarities. So many similarities, so many things that you see. Just this simple wooden trough where Jesus was laid. A simple wooden ark where Moses was laid. Moses was sent down the ark in Egypt. And if you read the life of Jesus, when the 80 came from Herod, kill all the babies, two years and under. Where did Moses, where did Mary and Joseph do? Where did they go? They went to Egypt. There's so many similarities. There's so many things that we can learn from the Old Testament and see how it foreshadows, the Old Testament foreshadows what God is going to do in the New Testament. As Moses is in the ark, in his wooden ark, and he flows down the river. So as Jesus, when he's discovered by the shepherds, he too is in a a type of ark. He's in a manger. And when the shepherds come to him, And they see this babe laying there. They glorify God. They see God on him. What did did, uh, uh, Pharaoh's uh, sister see? She sees God on Moses. Because God has got a plan. As I said earlier, as God told uh, Joseph, he says, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. So as we go a little further, let's go a little further today. Um, Now we're going to go over to the, um, let's go down. We read through verse number nine. nine, And let's go over now to Exodus, this 10th chapter. And we're going to read a little further. Exodus 10. 2 and 10. Uh, And it says, and the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. Now Moses has, uh, I, I'm sorry, I said Pharaoh's sister. This is Pharaoh's daughter that raised, that's raising uh, Moses. And now Moses' mother brings uh, him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. And she named him. Pharaoh's daughter named Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Now some years go by. We get to verse number 11. Years go by. And here we are in verse number, it says, It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked on the burden, and he spied an Egyptian smiting, in Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now, I know what the movie say. If you ever watch the Ten Commandments, the old one, that, I call it the good one. Uh, you receive where Moses didn't know who his mother was. But if you go over in the book of Acts and you read around Acts 7, and further on, you will see that Moses knew who his brother was. He knew he was an Israeli. He knew he was a Hebrew. And Moses chose to live with the, uh, he chose to live with the Israeli, with the Hebrews. And he, but now, and Moses, I believe Moses also knows that he's been called for work. History says that Moses was a great leader in the, uh, in the Egyptian army. It says that he uh, fought Fought wars. He won wars for them. He brought uh, a reward. He brought for captures, the the people that he captured, and the goods that he captured, he brought back to Egypt. So all of these things tells, that says that Moses was a great man because he was trained in the courts of Pharaoh. God made Pharaoh pay for Moses' education. And here Moses is, he's grown up. He looks out. He sees an Egyptian uh, 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 abusing one of his brethren, and Moses decided to take things in his own hands because he knows there is a prophecy. So, what are you talking about, preacher? If you if we're gonna go back now again, okay, to I'm gonna put these notes in the uh, if you when you get, look at the podcast, you'll see these notes about how that God spoke to Abraham and he told him that the children of Israel were going to be and they're going to be captive in a foreign land. And a matter of fact, God told them how long they were going to be there. The book of, uh, of Genesis, 15th chapter and the 12th verse. And it reads, and we're talking, this. God began to talk to Abram. He says, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Genesis 15, 12. And lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, This is God talking, know of a surety. That thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also, that nation whom they serve will I judge. God said, I'm going to bring judgment on them. And afterward, they shall come with a great substance. So God has put, has told Abraham, I'm going to have my people in a foreign land, and they're going to be there for 400 years. But God said, it's a setup. It's a setup. And he goes on to say in the 16th verse, uh, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither, for the Nicola Amorite is not yet full. So let's go back now. So God is telling him that for 400 years, they're going to live in a strange land. And that land is Egypt. So let's go on now. Let's go back to, let's go back to Exodus. And it says in the 12th verse, he looked what Moses saw the Egyptian smiting his Hebrew brother in the verse number The 12th verse said, He looked this way, he looked that way, and there was no man. So he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And he went out another day, and he saw two of the Hebrews fighting. 13th verse. And they said to him, and he said to them, uh, about what did the wrong? Wherefore did thou smite your fellow? And in the 14th verse, he says, one of the men said, who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? And Moses feared, saying, surely this thing is known. So Moses knew who he was and knew what that God had a calling on his life. So Moses decides, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them who I am. I'm going to show them that, that I'm sent. But Moses didn't know. I mean, Moses didn't, Moses was doing things his way. See, that's a problem. And because we have to know God's timing. God's timing was 400 years. And somebody said, well, preacher, how do you know this was God's timing? We're going to skip over now. We're going to go to um, Exodus, the uh, the 12th chapter. And we're going to read what Moses himself wrote. This is the uh, uh, same chapter, I'm uh, same book, 12 and 40. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So when you read this, and this is also found in the book of Galatians, if you go to uh, the book of Galatians, well, around the fourth chapter, I believe, and you can, you can look that up for yourself, but if you do, you will also see it talks about how the law was 430 years. So the first thing you want to say is, okay, if God said they're going to be there 400 years, what happened? They, that's 30 years extra. What happened? Moses was out of time. Because if we would we keep reading this, we would read how, that as, as you read, read this, Moses leaves Egypt. In- he goes, the scripture says, he goes on over to the uh, land of Midian. And it says that he was there for 40 years. So if you subtract 40 from 430, that's 390 years. Which says Moses was 10 years early. He didn't have, God had, had the, God was setting things up for him. He was setting things up for the, for, for the whole nation. If Moses would have sought God rather than stepping out and doing it in his timing. For scripture says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. How many things have we done? How many things have we bought? How many relationships have ended up in a a disaster, in a car wreck? Because we knew. The person told you, you know, you know, I I, I ain't no good. Church girl, you need to go on back to church. Nah, I'm going to stay here. Girl, girlfriend tells you, no, you know what, boy, I, I don't want to mess your life up. I'm grown. And see, when you don't listen to the inner witness that tells you, if the scripture says that, how can two walk together together unless they agree? If you're walking, if you're trying to come in fellowship and in, in relationship with someone who is not a believer, now if you're married to somebody and you didn't know Jesus and you're saved and they're not, The Bible said if they're pleased to dwell with you, you you should dwell with them. You don't divorce them just because they're not saved. Because the Bible said the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Or the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean. Basically what God is saying is, when I look at your family, because you're saved, I look at your family as being clean. Your husband is being clean. doesn't mean he's saved. It means that God says your family is blessed because you're blessed. But Moses stepped out of time and he called, there was 10 more years that if Moses would have waited, if he would assault God for timing, he was in the court of Pharaoh. Now he decided to step out for his children. I mean, for his uh, brethren and he wanted to help. But as I heard one man of God said, all help is not good help. Scripture says in Proverbs, and all you're getting, get understanding. Learn the timing of God. Seek God. Scripture says, seek Him early. Seek Him early. In the early morning, seek Him. God wants relationship. He doesn't want churchgoers. He wants sons and daughters. A son and daughter uh, should have a, a, a closer relationship than just a friend. To the parent, to the parent, a son and daughter, you're blood. We are blood to God because of the blood of Jesus. And because for what Jesus did, because he sits in heavenly places, I sit in heaven right now. Because Jesus is at the side of the right hand of the father, I'm at the right hand of the father. Because I'm in him, he's in me. And I can boldly go before the throne of grace because of my savior. We're going to continue just later on, but I just want to talk today and just begin to establish this as we learn lessons from Moses. What a great man of God he was. But as I said earlier, and we'll repeat again, God doesn't hide. Just think about it. Moses is a murderer. And God still used him mightily. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour. We pray for all those who would hear us today. Lord, today will be Inspired to seek you to serve you, Lord, and to allow you to get us usable to make us usable. You want to use us, you desire, Lord God, to do great things through us. But I pray, Lord God, that we will allow you to make us usable. We thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you for your word. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. I pray that you would. Join us again next week for Journeys in Grace. And if you enjoy these broadcasts and if, and if they're being a blessing to you, tell somebody else about them. And I believe it will be a blessing to you to them too. Be blessed until we join. We join again on Journeys in Grace.